Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a night for the United States of America with the, <laughs> with, with the uh, junior U.S. hockey team winning the gold right. medal. What was that song from? So they, Did they just make that up? In 2010. Is that a Bruno they, Mars song? No, it's not a, not a Bruno mm-hmm. Mars song, shockingly. Um, not, a, not a Daughtry song either, no matter how much it sounds like him. Uh, it, it's from 2010. So I think the 2010 USA World Juniors team started it, and then it just morphed into this okay. chant for, for Team USA. I We're going to get Judd to sing it here shortly. And uh, we also have Write That Down and a massive 2020 ending accountability session. We will crown a batting average and a home run champion on Write That Down today. But a quick shout-out to Federated. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Well, that's why Federated Insurance recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Think about this. Do you have access to, let's say, a learning management system? How often could you use quick seven-minute tailgate meeting materials, just quick things to educate the people that work for you? Well, Federated Mutual Insurance Company and MyShield are thinking about those things. Find out more information and get registered today at federatedinsurance.com. Just click on the MyShield link or download the app. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Trevor Zegras, who's talking before the game, he's bringing that same energy. Dixon on the side of the net. Zegras scores! Levi didn't know where it was, and it's two nothing Team USA. Uh, okay, on the scale of like, like a one to ten scale, ten being like you guys are pouring guacamole on your heads from the Stanley Cup in celebration. Like, how happy were you two puckheads last night? It was great. It was fun. Yeah, that's uh, that World Junior Hockey Championship is, in my opinion, the best hockey tournament going. It is the best. It's it is. Skill-wise, competition-wise, as far as how it's run, 
See, the, the problem is the Olympics are the best when they have the pros. Yeah. But when they don't, it's garbage. You can't tell me it's not. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> that, which is why, for a large point, the Olympics can be a waste of time. This tournament is the same every year. It is the majority of the best um, teenage, what, Dex, 18 to 20 or mm-hmm. Like 18 to like 17 21 to 21. Yeah. Uh, it's the majority of the best players in every nation that comes to this tournament. Every game is televised now. It's fantastic. And and the nice thing is the U.S. continues, continues to have great success in beating up in the championship game on Canada. Here, here's the stat. That win gave the U.S. its fourth consecutive victory over Canada in a World Junior Championship final. The Canadians today are far more depressed than we are happy, though. Yeah, this is yeah, this a is like huge... a, this is like a bonus bump for us. Like no right. expectations really going the in. The Canadians as a country. get mad at these kids. Yeah, like there there have been times where people have said you got to back off. They're basically teenage. They're kids. And the Canadian fans are like, "Oh no, that's a well, big, that's a choke, it's a disappointment." But it was a great game. Yeah. It was great fun. Congratulations, USA! I mean, it's got to be disappointing because it's like if you're ranking the sports of importance in this country and the sports that like the bulk of kids are choosing, like basketball and football in this country, and then baseball is definitely dwindling, but it's probably still higher than hockey. For us to basically take like our fourth or maybe even fifth, depending on where soccer falls, most important sport and beat Canada at their obsession is hilarious oh, yeah. every single time. It's delicious every year. I mean, I, I like the World Juniors tournament. It's a fun tournament. You get to see all these top prospects and the Wildhead Matthew Boldy, who put on a sh- put on a show five goals in seven games. Um, a, a former Paul Fenton pick uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, don't don't mention that though, otherwise Wild bloggers will come after you on Twitter, which is what I. Oh wow, last you night. got in a fight last night. I got I got Wild blo- the Wild bloggers uh, love. My takes. Remember, like, what do they not like about your takes? Well, they didn't. They didn't like that. I, I love that Wild fans basically ignore or like sweep under the rug the fact that Paul Fenton acquired Kevin Fiala and also now drafted Matthew Boldy. Like they just they look at the Nino Niederreiter trade for Victor Rask, which is a horrible trade, and they just they just have the blinders on for that trade. Where Kevin Fiala, who's basically their closest thing to a superstar right now, and Matthew Boldy, who might be the next biggest superstar. I haven't mentioned Kirill Kaprizov, who wasn't part of uh, the Fenton regime. At the same time, Fenton has his hands on two major prospects and two major players that could change the course of the wild. And I think he deserves credit for that. It doesn't seem super controversial. It's, it's, it's not controversial. It's not. It's not controversial. Judge, the, judge, you, judge, you jump in and like help Declan when he's fighting with bloggers? Or you no, sort of I, I don't fight with... Um, I, I fight with Vikings bloggers and fans. Mm-hmm. I, I, wild blo- I don't... Hockey is such a niche sport. That unless unless we're going to have a nice conversation, see, I get the sport because it's my favorite sport and I absolutely love it. But I'm not going to like defend it. Like I don't sit here. I am not Mister. You don't get hockey. You don't understand basketball. Sucks. That's not me. So so a lot of hockey fans default to this very weird yes. like like they're in their basement place yes. of being bizarre people you guys are very territorial yeah i don't very want territorial. but I, but i don't want it's that it's really weird but and- i don't want that but i mean this this tournament and this game last night was fantastic and it was fun mm-hmm. and and it is elite uh skill and the us played a magnificent meg they were phil at the same time they were gritty and yet they were skilled. 
I mean, put that combination mm-hmm. together and mix that up. So how long, how long did they preserve the most dangerous lead in hockey? Because didn't they take For it? basically two. 40 minutes? Essentially. Yeah, a long time. And, and Canada was – so the U.S. came out flat and played, I think, about the first 10 minutes of the game pretty flat. Then they got hot. In fact, it was a Boldy shift. Boldy had this great shift in the Canada offensive zone because he's big, he's strong, he's skilled. So he, he has this great shift. He leaves the ice on the very next shift then that replaces him, uh, Turcotte scores. And from there, the U.S. absolutely took off. They looked fantastic. Canada looked completely, like, flummoxed and lost. Canada, about halfway through the second period, got its legs and started to play well. But the key, but what's the key in hockey? Phil Mackey, you tell me. What's the most important thing in a single hockey game? Get lucky? No, the most important player. <laughs> the most important player. Who's the most, impo- who's the most important player? The what? The goalie? The, the goalie. goalie. Spencer Knight was unbelievable. <laughs> he had three shutouts in the tournament. He stood on his head in the third period. He was the reason why. I mean, the most dangerous lead in hockey easily could have been blown by the U.S., but Spencer Knight was magnificent, and that's why how, the U.S. hung up. How good is Boldy? So, first-round pick, mm-hmm. what is, like, in in five years, assuming that he is a wild regular in five years, um, what is he? Like, when he's 24 years old in the NHL, what, what is he? He is, he is going to be... With his size and skill, he is, in my opinion, he could be, he's a guy that has a combination. First of all, I think he's fairly consistent, which is great. Mm -hmm. Charlie Coyle was not. Second of all, he's got uh, puck handling abilities where he can have the puck below the goal line. And actually, he's a winger, but he plays like a center because he's got the ability to facilitate and pass the puck. But then the best part is he's six feet, 192, but in front of the net, he, he can establish himself. In fact, he scored a goal, I think it was on the power play against Finland two nights ago, where he got in front of the net, got a rebound, or no, I'm sorry, a pass, and deflected the pass in. So he is, in my opinion, at his very best, uh, a power forward who is consistent. And that, and I've decided that's the most important word for Guys like Coyle, Greenway, Granlin. No, not not Granlin. Um, is consistency because like a guy like Greenway, and we certainly saw this through the years from Charlie Coyle. Guys like that can have great games and great nights or a great week stretch. But what's the thing? They disappear, right? It's yeah. like okay, Greenway was great tonight. Now let's see tomorrow night. Um, boy, did, did Jordan Greenway play in this game? So Matthew Boldy from what I saw in this tournament, if this is really a reflection of who he can or who he's going to be, he can be this. If that's a reflection of who he is going to be, Matthew Boldy has a chance to be an extremely effective power forward who I think has, I think he's going to show up more consistently than what we've seen from previous guys who we said, by the way, the exact same thing. I mean, we, we talked about Coyle. We talked about Greenway. Oh, man, they're going to be great. They're going to be. Uh, they're not so great. Yeah. So is he? Is he just? Is he going to finish out another year in college this year, yeah. and and maybe have a chance next year to that'd, play for the Wild? That'd or? Be my guess, Dex. I, I think he finishes out this year, and then yeah, he'll have a tough decision to make because last year he was just kind of okay. He didn't at least put up points, and people thought they was it was a missed draft pick because Cole Caulfield, who's at the University of Wisconsin, was lighting it up. He's the opposite of Boldy, though. He's five foot eight, 
but the kid can score goals at an elite level. So a lot of Wild fans kind of were split that, oh, you, other Fenton, you, you blew that pick too, and you, and you went with Boldy instead of Caulfield. But now with Boldy exploding on the World Juniors Tournament, yeah, I would think he finishes it out and then probably would jump ship and then would have a legitimate case to make the Minnesota Wilds roster and be everything that Coyle and, and Greenway probably aren't. Yeah. So we had a couple of fun 2 nothing games last night, and uh, this one in particular and other Wild topics, you can find uh, Judd's Hockey Show are you guys back to weekly on that going forward I think here? We are Not now. the season's oh, about yeah. to fire up. Oh yeah, we're, we're we are. We are. Da- uh, we are days away. We are days away. What a scrimmage on Friday at the X. Uh-huh. A scrimmage on Sunday, and then what the following weekend they open in L.A. Correct only, against yeah. the Kings, and only nine games this year with puck drops at nine o'clock. So all everyone that was freaking out that it was going to be predominantly nine o'clock puck drops, only like twenty percent of the schedule is nine o'clock starts. So how many? Eight, how many eight o'clock starts? Because I'm I'm getting old fast. There's a bunch of them. And like I just want to go to bed by like nine forty-five now. Oh. And so like when the Wolves or the Wild or the Twins, like when the Twins play the Mariners or something or oh, I love whatever, that. it's like oh my god. But you, I'm young. You won't, and I, you I, won't in a few. I know years. this. Yes, I know this will run out. Yes, but I'm enjoying it while it lasts, okay? <laughs> so you can find uh, Judd's Hockey Show, by the way. We've been working for two years to find uh, a better name than Judd's Hockey Show. We may or may not find a better name, but for right now, it's Judd's Hockey Show. You can find that on the Mackie and Judd podcast. Submit feed. your names. Please. Yeah. Su- submit ideas. What should we call Judd's Hockey Show? What is like a word or two or three words that sort of says Minnesota hockey? Help us build a brand here. That's yeah. what we're trying to do. Yeah, for free. Yep. You get nothing. Well, we'll... We'll give you a uh, shout-out we'll on the show. Oh, of course we'll, we'll give you a shout-out, but you'll financially yeah. get nothing. <laughs> so, Thank you. Also also last night, the Timberwolves, a magnificent effort in uh, in their attempt yeah, to, what's your thing now? to learn how to lose. Uh, okay, explain D'Angelo me. Russell, D'Angelo Russell was quoted last week, and I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. He said something about, like, we need to learn how to lose before mm-hmm. we can understand how to win. It was very deep and philosophical. So I don't know how much closer they got last night in a loss to the Nuggets. They got pretty close. Like they they hung around. No Carl Anthony Towns. It's probably the best they've looked in certain elements. It's also the worst they've looked in the fourth quarter at times. I wasn't watching the whole game because I was keeping an eye on the other two nothing games from last night. But uh, this is Ryan Saunders. Yeah, I mean, we obviously did not execute in the fourth quarter. That's an issue for us right now. Um, you know, I'll say it's it's, it's tough. You know, tough going against a set defense um, uh, every time down the court too. So that, that was hard, that was harder on our uh, harder on our um, our offense. So, Judd, what are your main observations? Wolves without Carl Anthony Towns here after the first two games. What what stands out to you? You've actually watched more Wolves basketball than I have because it's a little hard I'm to find to be... it when Sinclair and Fox Sports North doesn't make themselves available on mainstream I thought, streaming I thought networks. you guys found a way. There I are thought ways. you guys had a guy. But because I don't have my main way, it's hard to find it other is. ways all the time. It is. I'm just going to say that. All right. Well, why don't you just go get cable? Well, why don't you just give me the channels I want? I'll pay for them. Yeah. Why right, I get, that's why I still get cable. I got no choice here. I got to watch them. Judge uh, paying like $400 a month for yeah. like nine lifetime it's channels. Like, it's like, ridiculous. It's like near, I think it is near 300 if I'm not oh mistaken. You know what? You're honestly, you're like, you're paying for, and I joke about the lifetime channels. There's like four lifetime channels. There's a channel. Yeah, lifetime Movie Network. It's there's great. a channel devoted to just holiday movies all throughout the year, like lifetime holiday movies or something. It's like the Hallmark Holiday Channel, and you're bleeping paying for that. Look, look, look. Seven hundred dollars a month. 
Unless they on want an, to jump on the show, in which case, Mackie here yep. for Xfinity. Xfinity. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, screw you. I get Xfinity. Because I, I want to cut my game. I want to cut my game. Yeah, but you dropped him. I didn't break up with him. I still embrace him. Look, there is nothing better than a random Tuesday day night when you're bored and you're flipping around and you come across uh, the Lifetime Movie Network film where where someone's teenage daughter killed her boyfriend or something, and they've got to, like, hide the body. I mean, come on, man. And, it's, Mo- and it's Melissa Joan Hart every time. Yeah. And everyone. But my daughter or, was uh, Or what's her name? Be- Becky from was- Full House, who's now in jail, right? Isn't she in house arrest or something? She's out now, right? Yeah, she's she? out. Okay. Wasn't Felicity Huffman in there, too? That sounds exact. That sounds like yeah, she there. got released as well. Oh, but they, they, and they did hard time. There's no question about it. They did real hard time. <laughs> San Quentin, something like that. Uh, my observation of the Wolves without Carl Anthony Towns is, I guess, we're at a point now where you have to celebrate when they don't get blown out. Yeah, that's... It feels like the last two games against the Nuggets, because the previous three were so bad, that it almost the postgame... <laughs> I feel bad for our guy, Ben's and Jim Pete. They they almost have to say, you know, coming up on Wolves Live, yeah, they lost by 15, but we're going to talk about uh, Hernan Gomez's great game or something. Yeah, or, there, there are a lot of a lot of twins broadcasts like that for about seven so years, ben, too. So poor, Jason Kubel had a hit of Felix Hernandez in a 10 nothing yeah. near no-hitter loss. <laughs> or Roy Smalley will break it down on the, the tutorial. The by Kubel in the bat against Felix. <laughs> The thing about it is, is Phil. I don't know. In fairness, because um, it's been it's bad. Like it's really bad. I don't know how much you can judge this until Cat gets back, though, because the, those three consecutive defeats before they played Denver back to back were so bad that, that of course, because here's the weird thing. So the Wolves don't have when they do allow fans into Target Center a lot of people that will go. But they've got a lot of fans. Like, they've got a lot of people watching, I think. It seems like it. And it, and if it's not a lot, then they certainly almost all seem to be on Twitter. So you immediately, after the three blowout defeats, had people calling for Ryan Saunders' job. And it was awful. But I don't know how you can judge a damn thing until Cat's back. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, the entire organization's built around Cat. Yeah. So and you, with Cat, they yes. were 2-0, and and they were, I wouldn't say really good, but they were 2-0, and and they were... Scoring a ton of points, right? The Detroit game to start, I thought, was incredibly shaky. But that Utah game, when Cat got hurt, was a damn good performance. I would say just like some quick positives, negatives. um, With Cat for two games, they looked better than we thought, I think. And and they're still forming chemistry. It's going to take a long time. They've got a bunch of new pieces. I love the fact that Jarrett Culver looks better than he did last year. I mean, coming into last night, he was averaging 14 and 10 per 36 minutes. Yeah, and he's he wasn't had, playing he has to play minutes, more. But, yep. He did last night. And I would say, like, in terms of, you know, power forward, uh, big man, energy guys, Naz Reed can give you a little bit of a mixed bag. But Naz Reed and then what we've seen from Jared Vanderbilt, too, the Kentucky kid who went in the second round like two or three years ago. Um, active, scoring points, blocking some shots. Like, those pieces are interesting. Malik Beasley can score. So there are some positives. The things that are sort of making me turn my head um, in any particular order, I think the fact that without Cat, that this is one of the worst teams in the NBA and they are allowing 120 points per game defensively, worst defensive efficiency rating in the NBA. Uh, Ricky Rubio last week was already ripping the team for being selfish after, like, five games. And he's not been good himself. Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell... 
although pretty great last night, and he hasn't been terrible this season, like his numbers look good. If the question is, can this max contract swing guard help carry a team with or without Cat, like just be that super secondary superstar player, the fact that they've just been getting smoked up and down um, without Carl Anthony Towns doesn't really speak well of D'Angelo Russell as a secondary star. So, and the fact that they didn't he have like a half of a come to Jesus meeting with Ryan Saunders last week too. Yeah. It's like, so there's some like, there's some negatives that are making me raise an eyebrow, but there's enough positives that when cat comes back, yes, you're going to get a better feel for what this thing looks like. I, I don't know that Ryan Saunders is the right coach for this team, but I also don't think it's fair to judge that until we get a extended sample size with D'Lo and cat both playing. Yep. That's and, fair. D, and D'Lo, I would say, from watching him, Sands Cat is definitely not a guy who you can put the team on his back and he can start to carry it. I, he, he can be a piece of that, but he cannot be that guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we uh, Before we get to write that down, I'd love to dive into this Brian Windhorst story, too, that I'm guessing all of us uh, read and saw yesterday. So it was very interesting. Our guy Doogie has done some great reporting on this, too, and he has dropped nuggets about the Wolves' ownership situation and Glenn Taylor selling the team, and he has he's talked to Glenn Taylor himself uh, both on and off the podcast. So if you want Doogie insight, go to the Scoop podcast. Check him out every Thursday on our show. Brian Windhorst added some layers yesterday on ESPN.com. I'm just going to summarize in a couple bullet points here, and then we can dive in. So uh, Wendy's reporting is that Glenn Taylor is in deep talks with a group led by Daniel Strauss, which is what Doogie's been telling us for a long time. And this guy's been a minority owner of the Grizzlies. Uh, he, there's been some Wolves team there for a while. However... Valuations put the Wolves franchise in the $1.3 to $1.5 billion range, which is less than Glenn Taylor and the league were hoping to fetch. So the, the Jazz, for instance, in a similar size market, if not a smaller market, sold for $1.66 billion earlier, like last year. And so, uh, according to Winhorst, for the past decade, Glenn Taylor has dreamed of a local buyer willing to pay a premium to ensure the team stays in Minneapolis. But he hasn't been able to find one. In recent months, ownership groups interested in moving the franchise to either, I would assume, Seattle or Las Vegas have reached out to Taylor. But Taylor has turned them down flatly, and that has limited the amount of bidders that would come in. There was an attempt to get the Wilf family interested in making an offer, which we know. But those talks didn't advance. Former Wolves great Kevin Garnett, uh, who's been in a bitter public war of words with Taylor, expressed an interest in assembling a group but that also hasn't advanced. So basically there's a lot of people that want to buy the wolves, maybe even for more money than 1.3 or 1.5 billion and like move them to Vegas. But the NBA is also not open to just adding expansion teams straight up in Vegas or Seattle. Yeah. So they'll block those markets. Exactly. So um, your thoughts on this or like Glenn Taylor sounds like he's getting some cold feet and or wants more than 1.3 to $1.5 billion from a local guy though. That, that's the problem is if you're going to, to basically shrink the market of people who are allowed to buy your team, you then shrink the amount of, Oh yeah. I'll, oh, you, you want 2 billion. No problem. We'll go to Vegas and get it all back. Exactly. See you later. Bye bye. Uh, so Duke's had Glenn Taylor on the scoop two weeks ago now, and he asked him about the sale. And Glenn sort of cut Doogie off and said, as Duke's asked a question and Glenn said, you get it, you get it. And then Doogie, of course, followed up to try and draw Glenn out some more. 
And Glenn sounded like he was now a guy who was doing more due diligence on selling the team than actually trying to. And I think our guy, Wendy, points out that there have been two previous times when it looked like Glenn was really going to sell the team and then Glenn didn't. Um, but look, if Glenn is really committed to selling the team to a local buyer, but he needs to get his price fill, he's not going to. Not now. It's a pandemic. Like, who's going to step up locally here? And take on that team right now at the asking price of Glenn Taylor. You're simply not. So well, I'd love to know, like, so this. I so, just don't think it's going to happen until the pandemic is long gone and and people are flush again with cash. Yeah, I would love to know. So I don't have the Forbes list in front of me, but like the 1.3 to 1.5 billion dollar range. First of all, Glenn was in more like the 300 to 400 million dollar range eight years ago when these conversations first popped up. Correct. And he bought the team for far, far, far less than that. Like what for fifty million dollars or in something? Yeah, twenty five years ago, like one point five, one point eight. He'll be fine either way. So that's mm-hmm. that's my first observation. My, and, and the Jazz got one point six. Is that correct? Yep, one point six six billion dollars. Okay, I would love to know more about how much the Wilfs and or a Kevin Garnett group were willing to offer. Was it in that one point three to one point five billion your, range, and he wanted more? So, so the way that Wendy wrote that. It almost sounds like now they're saying that they tried to engage the Wilfs, not that the Wilfs came to them, which which the original report made it sound very much like the Wilfs had approached Glenn Taylor. The phrasing in the report is there was an attempt to get the Wilf family interested in making an offer. Those talks didn't advance. That's so that, so that, different than yeah, what we thought. Right. As opposed to the Wilfs. Like, I would assume if the, if the Wilfs uh, – and by the way, like – this is a great chance to buy low on a franchise, even if even if you buy low because you're keeping them in, in Minnesota and and you have to sort of endure like no fans this year. This is a great buy low opportunity in a league that's exploding. So I would assume that a family like the Wills would be interested. But here's the problem: Glenn Taylor has presided over one of the worst franchises in American professional sports over the last 25 years. That is not just me being like frustrated Wolves fan. It's not hyperbole. Two playoff series wins in 25 years, one playoff appearance in like 16 years, mostly incompetent front offices until recently for 25 years or so, in a strange relationship with the only living relevant figure in franchise history, Kevin Garnett, and I would say more embarrassing big national headlines than playoff appearances in those 25 years. All of that under Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor's poor ownership has put the franchise in the position that it's in. And so to sit here and be unhappy or or underwhelmed by the value of the franchise and to be hyper-choosy over who buys the team and what their future intentions might be, and I get like you want, you'd like the, the franchise to stay in Minnesota, but you made this bed over the course so, of 25 years. Like he's unhappy with the situation he created so himself as prefer, an owner. I'm from... Florida, okay? And I come in today and I say, Glenn, what's your price? Would you prefer that we roll the dice with the off chance that I might do something as far as relocation of this franchise um, just to get Glenn out of the role that he's currently in as owner of the Timberwolves? Are you, are you asking me, Phil yeah, yeah. Mackey, so or me, Glenn I'm asking, Taylor? No, no, no. I'm asking you as frustrated Wolves fan because – Let's say I come in, I don't move the team, and I do some really positive things. Yeah. 
I would want. Well, I mean, I would want assurances that that the Timberwolves remain the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm. I don't know how many other people are, you know, carrying that torch with me right now with passion, but they've always, for whatever reason, just brought me back into their circle. And so I would love them to stay in Minnesota. Um, so I, I do agree with Glenn on that front. But, like, at a, at, at a certain point, if the if the franchise is worth $1.3 billion instead of $2 billion because you helped drive it down to that value over 25 years, dude, take it. If Daniel Strauss is saying, dude, I'll give you $1.3 billion, it's a garbage it's a dumpster fire brand and franchise. I love it, but like in a bad that's, that's where it's been too, for 25 years. Which does not help because you drove it to that point as an owner. Then like take your 1.3 billion. And if you want to still go to games, like that's cool. Like there's plenty of seats. Like, you know, <laughs> go to games. Let's get someone in Upper here. Upper deck is filled with great seats. Glenn. Get someone in here who can innovate, get someone in here with some energy. Like, I don't know. I've been frustrated with him for a long time. I got a theory. I got a theory about the people that probably got to Glenn after the story broke that he was uh, trying to sell the team. I think one of the very important things is this. My guess is Gerson said, don't do it now. Because if you sell the team right now, I think Ryan's probably in huge trouble. Uh, I, I think the new person comes in with, you know, their own ideas, certainly, of how the franchise should be run. Uh, they might like Gerson and Gerson's people. They might not. But Gerson, right or wrong, and I have no idea, he might do a fantastic job, he might do a terrible job, but he's not a dumb guy. And I think that he was hired by Glenn to bring stability to a place where stability has been lacking completely for years and years. And if Glenn sells the team now and it transfers to a person who's going to come in with their own ideas, that stability is potentially gone again. I would not be surprised if Gerson said, if you can, we'd... Everyone here would much prefer that you wait until until we at least feel like things are on far more stable ground. To which I would say that's perfectly logical on the side of Gerson Rosas, but it's another if like if Glenn Taylor is taking that information in and accounting for like, dude, either sell the team or don't. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be worried about either getting an extra two hundred million dollars or like, dude, you're going to make a billion and a half on this thing. Do you think a he really wants to sell? Though man. I don't really think he wants to. Sell. I think he likes owning this team. Well, he's I, gone back and forth for eight years. Yeah, he flirts with the notion and idea, but as soon as he like starts to walk down the aisle, he always gets cold feet. Let's get an Energizer Bunny Mark Cuban type in here to own this team. Someone who thinks ahead. Nice. I think he's made some good hires here. I, I, I think Ethan Casson. I think Gerson Rosas. Like I think these guys know what they're doing. Well, who's our local guy then, though? Honestly, the Wilfs. The like people you can make fun of the Wilfs. The Wilfs are really good professional <laughs> sports New owners. Jersey people. It's all right, they're really, but they're local now. <laughs> I mean, they're like they're local enough now. No, they don't I'm live here. For, but I'm looking for the guy from Harvard who's 35 right now who lives in in Medina. Who's like, yeah, oh, Matt Burke. Well, he's like 45, but. Matt Burke. <laughs> Let's make some predictions. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You've had some bad ideas. That's the worst one. <laughs> Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackey and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. And we today will crown a 2020 batting average and home run champion 
after the longest accountability session ever. No hanging chads? Ever. No hanging chads really? this time around. Nope. None. And we also have one of the longest home run moonshots yeah. in Write That Down history. I've seen it. Just an absolute magnificent, majestic bomb. Uh, and some news to announce, too. So Write That Down, we have uh, we have completed contract negotiations with Write That Down. And we have expanded Write That Down into Purple Daily starting this week. Every Wednesday on Mackie and Judd, classic Write That Down, the version that we've been doing for a number of years here. And then starting this week, every single Wednesday on Purple Daily, we're going to make it a Vikings and football prediction specific. And if you want to be like loosey-goosey with that, if you want to make predictions that are only loosely related to football, we can have those discussions. Okay, because I, I do have a write that down the day that has um, on the NFL playoffs that I was yeah, going to use. Count it. In Mackie and Judd. Yep. Okay. I mean, if you wanted to predict, like, Judd will drink nine beers while watching football on a Sunday. Well, like, I, I'll never is that make it? loosely connected to football, yeah. it'll count. Is that going to make it? Well, I don't want to do that because then he would drink eight or ten. <laughs> he would purposely spike me not to do it. So. That's true. And he could do eight or ten. So. By the way, you made a uh, a prediction about me and and making bachelor predictions, and just to humor you, I have a bachelor related prediction today. So nice. we're gonna. I'm not just gonna hide from those. I'm gonna take okay. my swings. I figured, and I knew that's you what, would. That's what we'll Declan said. Swings. I asked Declan yeah. about that philosophy, and he said exactly. Yeah, Phil, no, take I'm, a swing. I'll stand yeah. up to it. Yep. I'll stand up to it. So here's how it works. We're gonna go through uh, all the different correct and incorrect predictions that that will come off the board from the 2020 mostly football season here. But the way this works, every single week, three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. We are the only sports show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable. And if you want to be part, we have a pretty open schedule. We have we have some people lined up throughout January, but we also need people to jump in for, for Purple Daily predictions too. So if you want to participate on Wednesdays and make your – Predictions as a listener, you can DM me at Phil Mackey or you can send a DM to Declan at Dex's D E X S Dex's tweets on Twitter. Both of our DMs are open for better or worse. Mostly worse. Let's start with Judd. Mixed bag here, a couple pages for you. All right. Judd Zolgad, so this is going to be, we have like a 15 page accountability session. I will fly through these as fast as we all can because right. this is a lot of stuff coming off the board, like season predictions. So, Judd said the Jets will finish with at least two wins this season. The Vikings will finish outside the top 10 in yards allowed on defense. And the Patriots will not make the playoffs in 2020. Nice start. You did say Alex Madison will lead the Vikings in rushing in 2020. Calvin Cook was going to get hurt or hold out all year. You said BC Johnson will lead... Vikings wide receivers in touchdown receptions in 2020. Oh, yeah. I was smoking a lot of uh, weed that week. Clearly. Just, Just weed. Just, yeah, what else were you on, man? What else could I have been on, Shrooms? You had the Cardinals winning the NFC and going to the Super Bowl, Sean Mannion starting at least two games because of a Cousins injury, and Jordan Love making at least one start in his rookie year. Now, I will reserve that if Jordan Love makes a playoff start, we'll revisit this. Yeah, I know it's not going to happen. Those first two are absolutely awful. The last three I got wrong, I'm not too down on. You had Dalvin Cook leading the Vikings in receptions this year and Kirk Cousins as the Super Bowl MVP. Now, he was the NFC Player of the Week, I think. He was. Yeah, he was. So can you give me that, please? Yeah! Thank you. I mean, it means the same thing. You had Gary Kubiak not returning as the Vikings offensive coordinator. Yeah! That counts for 2021, by the way. So these last three count for 2021. Okay. Because that came off the board after the year, the calendar. Turned. Absolutely. Okay. Jared Spurgeon. And that's not completely confirmed yet, just to self-report, too. So we might have to revisit that one as well. I mean, Florio's going with it. 
Well, people in the know know what they're doing. Okay, <laughs> right. People in the know. Let's go. Famous last words. Yeah. People in the people know. People in the know. Yep. Jared Spurgeon <laughs> will be the next captain of the Wild. Yeah. And you had the trio of Adam Gaze, Matt Patricia, and Dan Quinn all getting fired by the new league year. Plenty of time to spare. Yeah. That's pretty good. That I, that, that's a nice little. That's a nice little get for me. Right two months cushion with two months to. So spare. does that? So I'm sorry. Does that count towards this year? Then did that? No, because you because your deadline there was for the new oh, league gotcha, year. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yep, so, yep. Yep. So these last three, you start off with a three for three to start the 2021 got, okay. season. All right. Gotcha. So not not only. Are you leading last year's batting average race going into this week? But you've now started with a perfect batting average for next year. So All right, classic. this is one of the Judd Zolgad is, in, is right that down prime right now. This is something to behold. Watching Judd Zolgad I'm, operate, I'm Nelson Cruz like. Yep, like you keep thinking, guy's getting old. He's going to lose it. No, he's yeah. better. And than I ever. just I sleep a lot. I drink a lot. <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> Judd drinks in his hyperbaric yeah. chamber. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Harrison, last year's reigning defending batting average champion, had nothing come off the board. Manny had a few things come off the board. He said the Bills would win the AFC East. Not a home run because they were the favorites after the Patriots and Tom Brady parted ways, but it is correct. However, he said Cam Newton will throw at least, I missed this one earlier, uh, he would throw 20 touchdown passes with the Chargers. Antoine Winfield Jr. would have at least three picks or score a touchdown as a rookie. He was really good. He didn't do those things, though. The Vikings in the upcoming season will win at least 11 games, and Ezra Cleveland will make at least one start at left tackle in his rookie oh, year. Manny. Oh, man. Made a bunch of starts, but not at left yeah, tackle. Yeah, dang, on it. Incorrect there. Okay. Rami Makhlouf here. Yeah, come on down. This will be the, the swan song for Rami Makhlouf, and, and this will also be the last week that we play Rami's intro music. We'll have a new intro <laughs> for next week. Are you getting a new one? Yeah. Oh, we got a new we one coming to. next week. Okay, nice. Rami said Kevin Stefanski will take the Cleveland Browns to at least 11 wins in 2020 and a division championship as part of a parlay. That's why you don't parlay, kids. This was a home run prediction without the parlay. Yeah. Yeah, if you would have just left it at 11 wins. Instead, you know what it was? A deep fly ball to the warning track, and that's caught. Castellanos. I don't know if I'll ever sit in this chair again. That Castellanos! ball is gone. Swing it in red. Right. The Reds win the pennant. The Reds win the pennant. My career's over. I'm not sure. My wife's leaving me. My Fox. God will take you the rest of the way home. Fox employees will <laughs> ever allow me to work again. I love the like, yeah, and my uh, cohort will take, the... take you the rest of the way home. Just takes the headset off. <laughs> leaves the card key. Uh, he, let's see. Rami said the Packers will win three less games than they did last year. Carol Baskins from Tiger King will be charged with the murder of her ex-husband by the end of 2020. Instead, she was on like Dancing with the Stars. So yeah. she became more famous. Never watched it. The Buccaneers will not make the playoffs in 2020. Cam Newton will have more wins in 2020 than Tom Brady. And Garrett Bradbury will make a Pro Bowl in his first two seasons. Not official on that last one, but because there could, I don't know. I think I don't think Garrett Bradbury is going to be on the alternate list. They're not playing list. the Pro Bowl, right? But they still name Pro Bowlers, don't but, they? But the only way he would get that's in, done. Yeah, that's done. Okay, and, and, and there's not going to be guys like no alternates. So you're not going to opt out. Our eighth alternate at center, which Bradbury might be, will not be named. Right. All right. My oh. list is bloody and bad. Oh well, you did swing for a lot of home runs towards the end. I, I'm going to give you that. I told you guys a couple years ago, Les Miles will be fired by Kansas by the end of 2020. Now they've been terrible under Les Miles, they, but he has not been fired. He's Les Miles. He can keep the job as long as he wants it. Garrett Bradbury will make a Super Bowl in his first two seasons. Bill Belichick will step away for health reasons in 2020. 
Rob Manfred will not survive the 2020 calendar year as commissioner, I meant. How yeah, did you mean that, Phil? I say, phrasing. How did you mean that? Well, either, either way, it would have been a point. Either way, it would have been. Good. Yep. At some point during their schedule, the Vikings will play three consecutive Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. The return of Mitch Trubisky got me there. If Nick Foles would have been the starting oh, quarterback, that's right. I would have been right. The Packers will go precisely four and one over their final five games. Dan Bailey will be on the Vikings still after the Tampa Bay debacle. He will make all of his kicks, which was correct, including one from 45 or more, which I also think is correct. But then I said he would. Make a kick that puts the Vikings in front with under three minutes to go. Don't and that's kids. where my parlay. Oh, my God. That was a attempt at a moonshot. Oh, God. I did tell you hey. after Cousins' horrible start, I said he would finish the season with a passer rating of 92 or better. He finished like at 103 or something. So that was crazy. Yeah. I said KG will wind up with a slice of Wolves ownership in 2020. AP will run for at least 700 yards for the Lions. He did run for 600. Ngakwe would set a career high in sacks. If the NBA starts in December, LeBron won't play until February. That's wrong. At some point before the NBA season, the Wolves will trade their number one pick in a deal for Ben Simmons, and the Vikings will have to place one of these guys on the COVID list. Kirk, Jefferson, Dalvin, or Mike Zimmer. All of those were wrong. Wait, when, when did you? No, no, no. Go back for a second. When did you say that last prediction about the COVID list? Um... Because Justin like, Jefferson went on the COVID list in training camp. I said no. I said it like three weeks ago. Okay. Yep. All I right. said it like three All weeks right. ago. I just want to make sure. I want to give you a fighting chance. Right. Listeners have like five pages here of carnage, so we'll fly through Should this. We read right? them all. We're going to. Jeff in Texas <laughs> said, "By next season of Write That Down, we will have a new rule in place that at least one prediction must come off the board per week." Well, the new season's here, and I mean, we could talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about it. No, we don't like it. We haven't added that rule. I don't like it. Nope. Josh said, in week 17, the Vikings season will come down to an Elway drive to get to the playoffs, and it will fail. That prediction failed. Nicholas said, Kirk Cousins will help the Vikings get to the playoffs and beat Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe in Madden. Maybe. John said, the Vikings will finish 8-8 and won't take a quarterback in the first round. Simon said, the Vikings will be the seventh seed and win a wild card game. And Kirk said, there will be no college football playoff this year. All of those. Wrong. Here's more wrong predictions. Eric said, I think the listeners were just swinging for the fences on yeah. some of these. Eric said, at some point during the regular season, Dalvin Cook will beat AP's single game NFL rushing record. Tony said, Mo Ibrahim will finish top 10 in Heisman voting. Tony also said, Justin Jefferson will have a game with 200 plus receiving yards. Alex loves DJ Wanham and said he'd get five sacks by the end of the season. He had three. Dustin said at least one of Tanner Morgan or Rashad Bateman will be a top five Heisman candidate. Mm -hmm. And Frank said Dalvin Cook will miss at least two more games this season. And Judd will complain about his contract. He missed only one more game. But Judd has been complaining about the contract. (laughs) Yes. It's just wrong. But again, you can't parlay that. It's going to be tough. Parlays are tough. They're tough. As Jeff in Texas learned again, he parlayed that the first pick in the NBA draft will not be on the Wolves at the start of the season with other things that don't matter because it's wrong. Nick and Blaine said Jefferson will finish top three in rookie of the year, which we don't know yet. But he said Irv Smith will also finish in a parlay top five in fantasy football points for tight ends. Parlay. Yep. Just listen. Just stick with the one. Yeah. Stick with the, the one. The one was a great yeah. one. Andy said the NFL will not complete a full regular season. 
And John said in a home run prediction, by the end of 2020, the Wolves will retire KG's number. All those are wrong. Mark said Josh Allen will throw more touchdowns in the regular season than Kirk Cousins. It was really close. Yeah. It was like Josh Allen threw like 37 to Kirk's 35, but he was. Yeah, but you know what, Mark? Mark pulled the listeners out of the fire on that one. Oh, we got more. More rights? Dude, it's crazy. So the listener said, uh, Ross said, in the next completed college football season, the Gophers will not finish in the top 25. Brad said, McLaren will finish third in the Constructors Championship in Formula One. They did. I don't know if that's a home run or not. If he's he's saying his shot, I think that's a home run. I mean, but uh, but do we know enough about, like, McLaren? McLaren is pretty fast cars, right? I don't know anything about it. So, okay. Thank God for you guys said. Google. You should find on Google. Chad said Jefferson will lead the Vikings in receptions. He did. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Alex incorrectly said by the end of the year, AEW Dynamite will have a higher rating in the 18 to 49 demo than Monday Night Raw. They came close a couple times and they've beat NXT, but they never in a week beat Monday Night Raw. Brad said Tanner Morgan will be Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Will said Jefferson will have more catches than Diggs. And Josh said Zimmer will contract coronavirus by the end of the year. All of those are wrong. And then I think this is our final page of listeners. Cooper said the Vikings will beat the Bears in both matchups. Bryce said Brady and the Bucks will not make the playoffs. The Browns will make the playoffs. And now it's incorrect because of the Brady thing, uh, the, the Bucks thing. Chris said the Vikings will win the NFC North. That didn't happen. All those things are wrong. Tony said Jefferson has at least seven touchdowns this year. That was correct. boy. Ryan says Rick will make at least two trades in the draft, and the Bucks will make the playoffs. Harrison Smith will remain a Viking for the season. That's a three-item parlay that hit. Okay, that's good. That's real good. But all those things were very likely, and so I didn't give it a home run. It's like the Bucks were favored to win the division. Harrison Smith was not like actually rumored to be traded. And Rick likes to make trades. And Rick likes to make trades. So okay. like, it's a yeah. it's a good prediction. It's it's not a home run. I'm just glad for him. You uh, like that? So the Gophers will win the Rose Bowl next year. Eric said Tanner Morgan will get an invite to New York as a finalist for the Heisman. Zimmer will be fired. Said John K. John K. Said something about the Huskers that was wrong on the quarterback front. Those are all wrong. And Dustin said the Vikings will end up picking between <laughs> five and fourteen on the draft. That's for this upcoming. Yeah, he got the fourteen pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm so th- this is the last page. Jeremy said Hunter and Ngakwe will combine for 26 sacks. Oof. More of that didn't happen. Uh, Sam said Diggs will be named to his first Pro Bowl. Tyler Johnson will record his first touchdown. Those things were right, but Bateman winning Big Ten wide receiver of the year is wrong. Uh, Vikes fan 1930 said the Cardinals will beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Now we get to the fun ones. Those are all wrong. All right. Vikes fan 1930 in perhaps the biggest home run swing in the history of Write That Down, before the season started, said the Washington football team will win the NFC East with exactly seven wins. But the other caveat of this prediction was that he said Philadelphia will help them get in, which is even more of a tape measure shot. So the, the, at least from the screenshot of what he sent me, he said it would, the, the seven and nine, yes, that'll happen, but Philadelphia will play a role in helping them win the division, which is, in, which is what Amazing. happened. But it's not on the official. It's a home run, regardless. Yeah, I don't think you put the other part on here because we might we might have said like let's just keep it with the quantifiable thing. Because I remember like he was trying to quantify something that wasn't quantifiable. But the fact that he said that makes it even more of a moonshot. Yes, this is an amazing. It's a measure home run. It's a home run. Yeah. Uh, Ryan also with a parlay that I think is a home run. He said Kirk will have a turnover in week one. The Pats and the Vikings will both miss the playoffs. 
That's a weird parlay, but that's a three-item parlay that did hit. Mm-hmm. Very specific. Yeah, it's very specific. So it's a, another home run yeah. for the listeners. We'll get to Declan here quickly. You said Gladney will have the first pick six by the Vikings this year. You said at some point during the 2020 regular season, Judd will say <laughs> that Kirk Cousins can lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl. Uh, that someone on the Vikings coaching staff will voluntarily step down during the season, and that FSN will be back on YouTube TV <laughs> by year's end. It's all wrong. You did say the Vikings will not lose a divisional road game, and I am giving that a home run. That's great. I'll take it. They did not lose a divisional road game. I don't know how many times in my life that that's happened, but that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, circle the bases. Declan yeah. also said the Vikings would win by 10 or less against Chicago. Lost. You said uh, four WWE titles specifically would not change hands the rest of the year. You were right about that. Yeah. And Dan Bailey will make his first field goal attempt against the Bears. Yeah. Oh, nice solid end. And with that oh. lengthy <laughs> accountability session, Judd Zolgad. Oh, over 400. Ted Williams-like. Oh, now, now Rodney Klein Carew. You still have a few predictions that are on the board from like the end of the year oh. that need to be tabulated, but not enough to sway the the title. You know what? It I, might be enough to sway your average. I've got one thing 400. to say: stop the count, stop <laughs> the count. I'm, that's that's all I have to I say. Was one hit from catching Rami, and I'm, that's what I'm more upset about. You were oh, you were. but you, I think that was your first home run though. That was wasn't my it? second second home run. Yep. Okay, right on. So Declan with his second, and home the run. listeners end up with five home runs. The listeners are the home run champions with two home runs in the final week. Yeah. Big time power. Right. So the final averages are Judd Zolgad 409 with three home runs. Final averages, there's a couple still that need to be, like, so these might go by a point or two the other way or whatever. But uh, Rami, 344 so with a home it. run. I'm calling it. So I'm you're calling, calling it for Judd Zolgad. You're calling the state of write that down. Yep. Declan Goff, 341 with one home run, a pretty good rookie season. I finished at 260 with four bombs. Listeners, 210 with five home runs. Very Adam Dunn-like. Manny Hill, 196 with a home run, and John Harrison, 175 with two home runs. Judd Zolgad. Congrats, Judd. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. I think this is my second batting crown, right? It I, is. I think this is my second one. Nice job. Two in three years for you. It's pretty pretty good. Wow. <sighs> you know what? Call, call Joe Maurer. The ball was just falling in this yeah. year. The ball was falling in. I was finding gaps. And now you're off to a three-for-three three start for 2021. Let's get our guy Devlin in here, ultimate Poor Twins fan. Devlin, Devlin. Devlin. De- if you're still awake after all of the <laughs> like, accountability session there, um, if you want to be part of this, if you want to make your predictions, you can send me or Declan a DM on Twitter, and uh, and we'll we'll get you scheduled for sometime later this month or February or March. But Devlin, are you ready to swing for the fences, drop some bunts down? Like, which Twins player are you going to be more like here? And write that down today. I'm gonna pull a Willems Ostadio. And swing for the fences. No bunting today. So your helmet's going to fall off. First pitch, too? Yep. <laughs> no oh, takes? Yeah. First pitch, definitely, yep. Crash into some walls, just embarrass myself, but it's going to be fun. A look of extreme consternation when rounding third base with your hair flying Is that consternation place? or constipation? Yeah. Probably a little of both. A little of both. Little yes. Write it down. You yes. like writing things down. All right, Devlin, you lead us off. We'll go around the room. We'll make three predictions each. Devlin starts, then Judd, Declan, myself. We'll go around the room three times. So what's your first prediction, Devlin? All right, my first prediction is a uh, Twins-related prediction, and I'm going to start off swinging for the fences. 2021 is going to be the year the 
Twins end their playoff losing streak, and I bo- and I think they go to the ALCS. Ooh, okay. Well, clarification on the second part of that prediction. Do you want the ALCS to be part of it, or do you just want? No, do, no, okay, I just I think this is the year they end the playoff losing streak, and then throughout that series, I think they win and go to the CS. But the the playoff losing streak part is the prediction, not the ALCS. Got it. All right, good stuff. Write it down. You like writing things down, Judd. <laughs> The New York Jets will keep the second pick in the National Football League draft this April, or this spring, I should say, and select Justin Fields. So there's been, um, it's been out there, I think Schefter had a report that the Jets might shop that pick and actually trade the second overall pick in the draft. The Jets will not only keep it, they will select Justin Fields with it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Declan Goff. All right. The Redskins will knock off Tampa Bay in the wild card round. The Washington football team. The Washington football team. Excuse me, WFT. We are all offended right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington football team. I'm sorry. Uh, Washington will knock off Tampa Bay. That's the a, 7 and 9. Wow, dude. Yep. That, that is a, is that a ballsy run? prediction. Is that a home run? No, it's a football game. Okay. No. Okay. Now, if you said Washington football team will like will win two playoff games or something, I would sure. say, all right. Okay. Plus, we already have a 7 and 9 team that has won a it's playoff true. game. It's a home game. Two of them, right? Did, I think the Panthers got in with seven wins a couple of years ago and they won their first playoff game, too. Did they really? Yeah. Seattle and Carolina, I think it did it previously. Write this down. All right. Vikings fans are going to hate me for this, but the Packers will beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think that's a home run because I'm telling you the two teams that will play in the Super Bowl and then the winner. The Packers will beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers will surpass mm-hmm. Brett Favre in Super Bowl titles. Sounds this fair is, to me. This is the year. And then, he, and then this is not part of my prediction, but then he will play for the Vikings in two years. It'll be Write fun. this down. All right, Devlin, your second prediction. <laughs> Uh, my second prediction is actually a wrestling prediction, and I have a little parlay on the end of it. Yes. Adam Hangman Page becomes the AEW World Champion by the end of the year by defeating his former partner, Kenny Omega. And the parlay is AEW will have a second show on TV by the end of the year. I don't know if it'll be dark or what it'll be, but they'll have a second show okay. at, on TV at the end of the year. I like it. I like it. I'm a big AEW guy. I watch more AEW than WWE right now. I should watch more of it. I haven't been yeah, watching same, enough of it. Who carries same it? Theory, yeah, I love TNT. Oh, okay. TNT on Wednesday nights. Yeah. It's a better product. Write it down. I'm you like writing it. things down. <laughs> Judd Zolgad, your second I'll prediction. I'll have to make sure to tune in. Uh, my second, write that down. The Major League Baseball season will not start before May 1st. So despite this, they're talking about, we're going to start spring training in February. No, you're not. It's a bunch of BS. They will they will not start before May first regular season. I would actually be just fine with that. Like just push it by a month and there's no way you season. can move no at the pace they're moving. I thought about making a prediction like this too, but I'll like it in the in the reverse of it, but there's no way it happens. They're not going anywhere. No way. Write this down. Declan. All right. The Timberwolves will snap their losing streak on Thursday with a win over the Trailblazers. Wow. So I'm just gonna go with that their five game losing streak comes to an end against Portland and Dame. And, and Dame Lillard and, and the Trailblazers, Timberwolves will lock off the Trailblazers snapping their five-game losing streak. Do we have any idea when Carl Anthony Towns could come back? Uh, so I think uh, John Krasinski said that he was being reevaluated, and he'll be, he's making progress and will be reevaluated when they come back home after the road trip. Okay. So but I, it's week to week, mm-hmm. and, and he, he's got a cast on. Yeah. So Is it the same wrist? Yes. yes. It's the same wrist, but they tried to allay our fears by saying it's not the same. But, I mean, That's he's the same got injury. a injury. I mean, your wrist isn't that big. got yeah. a cast on. Write this down. 
Write it down. You like writing things down. I write this down. Declan made a prediction that I would whiff on a bunch of Bachelor-related predictions, and so I'm not going to run from that. Okay. I'm going to face Declan's prediction head on. Okay. On this season of The Bachelor, Matt James, by the way, the first black male Bachelor in the history of the franchise going back like 20 years. Really? Yep. Matt James. Oh, yeah. The, that show has yes. not exactly evolved with the no, times. No, it has not. <laughs> um, on this season of The Bachelor, Rachel will make it to hometowns. Hometowns, Judd Zolget, are like, it's usually the final four. Well talk wrestling to me. When you get from like the 32 contestants that start the show and you whittle <laughs> down to your four women, uh, the four women, in, I think it's been three before, just kind of depends. But so I'm saying she'll make it to hometowns week. Yep. Okay. It's when the bachelor or bachelorette brings the contestants, or, or I'm sorry, goes to the contestants' homes and meets their families for the first time. Okay. And then has to face like the, fa- the angry father who's like. And the parents do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, if I were a lot of times you get the skeptical dads who are like, how long have you guys known each other? Like yeah. a week and a half? How many and other guys are you dating? And you're, and you're dating 30. three other women and doing this for three other chicks for yes, the next Yes, I uh, am. Yes, I am, sir. It's great. Write this down. Sounds like Declan Easily. going to meet the girlfriend's parents. Nope. I don't, that's why I don't meet parents. Exactly. <laughs> I, avoid the, I avoid the parents until, the, I'm, until I know. Till the wedding. Till, Walking uh, down the aisle. Yeah. He's like, oh, good hey, to meet you, Mr. So-and-so. Do you have a rule? Like tell girls at, at the outset, hey, this could get really serious, but one thing that we're not going to do is ever well, meet your parents. Well, the best part is my parents are dead, so she can't meet mine, so yeah. that's also pretty, pretty legit. <laughs> so I got that going for me. How long do you wait to spring that on them? That's so, right, it's right a away? very difficult comment because like, I'm an open book about it, so I've used it on the first date and it's never really gone well, so I don't have recommend you, it. Have you ever brought that up and then just like got super drunk in like Wait, sadness during dead parents d- does not go well they just don't know how to react people don't know how to react oh, when it's I a say sympathy it. vote man it, it, that's what i thought not necessarily oh, i'd use it right away the dead parent card really only works for what i would want it to work like when shortly after the death happened if if you catch my drift yeah that's <laughs> you're like, you're like I, will i'm sad yeah <laughs> Mom, you're those like, are great spots to be a small amount to work anyway <laughs> write it down you like writing things it down yeah. all right i think we're are we back to devlin here yes all right, Devlin, you're oh, right. No, Declan. No, I'm sorry. No, no. We're, at, we're on the, we're on the, yes, we're on the Devlin. We're yeah, on the Devlin. Devlin. All right, Devlin, Devlin you just went. All right, Devlin, your final prediction. Right. We have Devlins and Declans. Oh, I don't yeah. even know who the hell is on the show. My final prediction is, is for Judd. It's a hockey prediction. I'm not a hockey guy, but I know he is. Kapril Kiprasov wins the NHL Rookie of the Year award. All right. This season. Calder Trophy. Awesome. He Ooh. might do. He might. It's good odds. I like it. Devlin, great swings. Since you've got this gigantic, massive platform here on the Mackie and Judd show, <laughs> would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Uh, no, not really. I, uh, I'd like to thank, I guess, my girlfriend and my daughter. Um, they're not watching and listening. They're uh, doing what they have to do. But uh, if I could have an extra minute, I do have a I do have one small bonus parlay. It's a wrestling parlay. Oh wow! That's it. Absolutely, hundred percent. I know Judd's on the edge of his seat right now. He can't wait for this. <laughs> Between Write the bachelor down, like and wrestling, down. I mean, these are th- right. This is my wheelhouse. What's happening? To, what's happening to the show, Judd? Wrestling and the Bachelor. What is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So what? What's your parlay? All right, um, my bonus. My bonus parlay is I I think I'm gonna predict three WrestleMania matches, and I think those WrestleMania matches are gonna be Edge versus Randy Orton, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to be Roman versus Brock in a uh, Paul Heyman storyline somehow. Uh, uh. And I think Drew <laughs> McIntyre is going to defend the title against Sheamus. I think uh, Sheamus is going to interfere in his match with Goldberg at the Royal Rumble. And I think uh, they're going to have a two-month feud till WrestleMania. Just what I need to watch more WWE. What's going to hook me back in? More Brock Lesnar and Sheamus. And Goldberg. Like, stop the Goldberg. And Goldberg. Every every time the ratings start to dip, Vince McMahon's like, oh, my God, who from 20 years ago that was popular when wrestling was popular can I bring back into the fold? What's Goldberg doing? Anyways, great predictions, Devlin. Exactly. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons I like AEW like you do, because they actually build their talent. Amen. Amen. All right, that's Devlin, Ultimate Twins fan on Twitter, if you want to follow him, and uh, we'll get you on again sometime to to take some swings and make some predictions. All right, Judd Zolgad. Write it down. You like writing things down. My final write that down for the old school write that down edition today. (laughs) Zach Parisi will score the Wilds' first goal of the season. So the first goal of the Wild season against the Kings will be scored by Zach Parise. And then he will he will turn toward the ownership and general manager suite, and, and he will the, draw a C in the air. He'll give him the old, <laughs> your number one. Well, I'm happy one. he scored the goal, but I really wanted to score the goal. I'm Zach Parise, that's what I want. You'll have a, I, look, you know what? God. I am starting this year with the Wild anew. More positive. I'm not going to rip players. This is going to be the new Judd, okay? Write this we'll down. We'll see about that on Judd's Hockey Show, but yeah, sounds good. Uh, my final prediction. The Twins will sign two free agents this month. They're going to sign two free agents this month. Now, do you need me to like give a little bit more like specific on, on like money? Cause, no, like, I think... I think is that... To, can I just say two no, free agents? No, ma- to major league contracts. To major league contracts. Yep. Yeah, two free agents to major league contracts. Yeah, because yep. I'm not counting minor league guys, obviously. Yep, so. major league contracts. That's fine. And then the final prediction here. Write this down. When's the wild season start? Jan 14th? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, by the end of the month, Judd will express frustration with the wild on a new either me. Mackie and Judd or Judd's hockey show. Uh, I will keep track of that. It's a new me. You will express frustration with Today the wild. I Write this down. Write it Judd's down. You like writing show. things down. I come with nothing but positivity. The, blo- the U.S. won a gold medal. <laughs> Judd will help me defend against the wild blockers in 2021. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just don't see it. Death match. I just don't see it. I'm not getting involved in that. That's your Ballywick. Okay. All right. We got to track down uh, Patrick Royce here, and uh, we'll we'll wrap with Royce here. And again, a reminder: write that down. Predictions. You can find them on Mackie and Judd every Wednesday, and also on Purple Daily now, starting here in 2021 every Wednesday. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, we bring our friend Patrick Royce in. Legendary Star Tribune columnist, and uh, you can find his podcast to scorenorth.com. It's called Royce Unchained. And I don't really have a ton of interest in diving into like a deep political discussion with you guys <laughs> on the microphones, but I, I had an observation again last night. It's been this way for, for at least four or five years. So I was watching coverage of the, the Georgia runoffs throughout the night last night, and it is amazing how the networks, all of them, by the way, I don't care if it's MSNBC or Fox News or C, like all the networks, the way that they Super Bowl-ify the coverage and the promos, coming up next, we're yeah, going to get results right. from the Georgia runoff. The polls are closed and the Senate's on the line. 
<laughs> it's and just then, amazing. Bill, they tell you the same exact thing they told you four minutes before. Yeah. They haven't. Oh, oh, the numbers haven't changed. You know who I felt sorry for last night, though. Mrs. Blitzer, when Wolf got home, because he was aroused. I want to tell you. <laughs> Wolf was, he was babbling incoherently. They would tell him something, and then he would repeat it like it was new information. And it was, uh, did you guys ever watch the NBC, MSNBC guy, the Steve, Steve Kornacki? Oh, yeah. He's, Steve Kornacki's oh, great, man. He's fantastic because it's all show. He's kneeling yes. down. He's looking at stuff. It's all BS. They, they've got, when they go to commercial, they've got Kornacki cam. And the, yeah, so they, right. they just show him, and he, and, he, and it's like him by his computer, and he's like biting on his nails, but it's and then he gets on a knee. But but they they should have done this years ago. The geniusness is taking the the football pregame show mentality yes. and putting it in politics. It you makes perfect it sense. It's the guy standing on the Gulf Shore waiting for the hurricane. Yes, and he's very disappointed when he's not getting blown over. He's. He's got somebody with a bucket of water throwing it at him, you know. <laughs> Coming up next, your family's future is on the line. You know who started that Gulf Shore uh, hurricane coverage, don't you? Who? Dan, Dan Rather in Mississippi. That's what made him really? a national celebrity. So Dan Rather would just, first, would just go out there I and... Think was, I think it was Camille or something in the 60s. And he was down there getting blown away with some, you know, the back then they had to have some big stand-up camera from a guy who was getting a, and Rather was down there having buildings fall on him, and that's what made it. <laughs> it's fantastic. It is. It was, uh, I, I just want to say one thing for my Republican friends. If they end up losing both seats in Georgia, you know why they did, don't you? Because of your hero. That's why the only way they could lose two seats in Georgia is when enough people decide that Trump's an idiot, that they, that, that I hope they're happy. I, that's <laughs> just, let me say that. And by the way, you know who the, you know who the time magazine person of the year should have been Stacey Abrams. Yeah, clearly now. <laughs> I mean, this has been a 10 year crusade of, moving backwards 20 feet and running her head into a wall for 10 years and finally seeing this come to fruition is amazing. Yeah. But you know so, what we got, Patrick? Anyway. We have the World Junior Hockey Championship gold, okay? So da- so damn it, once again, in, in a time of despair, when we're all divided, what brings us together? Kicking Canada's ass. Gold medal in hockey. Uh, I did not. I forgot it was on, and I didn't check Twitter. But uh, but besides that, you're apparently do we have a do we have a Jim Craig type goalie? Spencer Knight's really good. He's, yeah, he's fantastic. He's a Who top is, goalie. He from? He's a USA. Um, I don't know where he's from, but but he was drafted in the first Florida? round by Florida. Yeah, and goalies don't ordinarily these days. They're, they're uh, sort of like running backs in football. They don't ordinarily go in the first round. But yeah, he was fantastic last night. Connecticut, Pat. He's from Connecticut. Oh, and where's he playing college, or isn't he? He is at Boston College, I believe. Oh, okay. Yep, BC. Because he's well. Where was Jim Craig from? Vermont. No, no college is same yeah. thing, right? 
Was he a, was he a BC he guy? From one of the B Boston's, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, but uh, you know, they keep hitting you with the puck. You can beat anybody. That's right. That's right. You know? We almost lost Doctor Dre well, yesterday. Hey, we, it was almost a, it was almost a terrible aneurysm. Doctor Dre is a, is alert after an aneurysm. So, I mean, think about it. USA wins gold. Doctor Dre is alert after an aneurysm. Two thousand twenty one is off to those a are that's rough, here. man. Real I didn't know Dr. Dre. He had what did he invent? Well, besides the Beats by Dre headphones that have made him oh, yeah. a billion dollars or whatever. Those have those have made these things I have in my ears aren't Dr. Dre's though, are they? <laughs> no, I don't think they are, Pat. Okay. All right. Dr. Okay. Dre. Just the, 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 hey, the got, knockoff. Judd and I were talking about uh our old computer, uh the late great Brian Craven, who was our computer guy at the Star Tribune who always uh, said that, uh, you know, when you called him in crisis at 1130 at night, he'd say, do you have the machine turned on? You know, that was... <laughs> turn it off and turn it on. That was the other great line. It got, it got me to thinking once again, my favorite ever computer moment, the 90... What year did the Marlins beat the Indians? 97, 97. Right? I had one of those old... Texas Instruments, the worst computer in the history of mankind, right? I think it was our last year of them before we went to Radio Shack. And it started to overheat. No, wait, it was, which one? It was, it, yeah, it had to be one of those. It started to overheat. And we were out in the auxiliary football press box watching it because I got assigned there for the World Series. And there was a freezer in there. And I'm in an extra any baseball game, and every five minutes I'd get unplug the machine, get up, and take it into the freezer for like four minutes to cool it off. <laughs> I ha- I claim that as the greatest deadline performance of <laughs> anybody in the history of man to uh, make deadline in a World Series game like that, <laughs> having to get up and go in the freezer every five minutes to get my computer back. Gr- Patrick Rice, you legendary tech mastermind. <laughs> the freezer saved you, Geek though. Squad. Oh, it did. No it freezer, no column. Because when it got hot, it would start going, you know, just running across the thing. So I miss those bad computers, man. That was uh, Trash 80, Royce. Trash 80. Let's go back to, to the old. You, you could take a trash 80 to the top of the IDS, drop yes. it off, walk down all flights of stairs on the street and pick it up, and the damn thing would be running and fine. Yes. The only trouble with it was if you ended up in a press box where there was no light, you know, where the light was yep. bad, because they weren't backlit. So you'd kind of like hold them up in the air to see what you just written if there's any typos or anything. I've got a dumb question. When you when you were a beat writer back in the in the seventies, how would you so I'm assuming you use some sort of a typewriter mechanism in the press box. How would you submit a story electronically back to your editor? Uh, for years we handed it to uh for a couple of years I was Beat writer 74 to 78 for the twins. The last year, 78, I took a computer out that, you know, was the first year. I was the first guy to ever leave the building in St. Paul with a computer. Uh, but before that, uh, it, I think at that point I'd take a Xerox machine with me on a road when I was writing for two papers. And I'd have the Xerox machine in my, in my uh, 
in my hotel room and to send my afternoon story, but my morning story, we'd hand it to an outfit called Sportscom, and they'd have a guy in the press box who would Xerox your stuff in. But there might have been a year, 74, we might have still handed it to Western Union, and they sent it on a teletype. They sent it on a teletype, uh, which was always interesting, and they you know, if you were in the office, it'd go bang, 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 and then you'd go over there and see copy. So, but yeah, a, a typewriter through 77, 78 was first year. And so if I'm going to ask another dumb question. So you submit this and then let's say the editor wants to make a couple changes or you spell something wrong. Are they literally retyping your whole story back at the office then? No, they'll go in and uh, you, you, you'd leave some space, you know, you'd like write double space. So they could write something in up there or something, but yeah, I mean a Don Riley column with the the scribbling and stuff between his and then the changes you had to make. There were maps. Lewis and Clark didn't have as many <laughs> lines on their maps as Riley had on his column. Well, th- think about a Sid <laughs> column, Royce, back in the day. Oh yeah, had to be something. It was. I, I mean, I was around when they were there, but. Uh, you know, that was back in the Western Union days when they when you had a dedicated Western Union machine when you were on the road back then in the 60s when I was there. Yep. And that's the famous story where they sent they sent uh, Ira Burkow, the young whiz from Columbia Journalism School, Northwestern Journalism School, to the Kentucky Derby. And Sid didn't want to send him, didn't want to waste the money because he was a sports editor, but he got overruled. And Fred Smith wants, was Ira's hero, and he wants to had written a column in the 40s interviewing Man of War or something, you know, but a horse, you know, about what it was like. So Ira went and interviewed Citation, the horse. And all before the Kentucky Derby, and one of my favorite five moments ever in a newsroom. Sid walks over, looks, looks, and lets out a. He reads, starts reading, and lets out a profanity-filled tirade. I knew it was a bleeping, bleeping mistake to send that bleeper. He interviewed a bleeping horse. <laughs> <laughs> I was a kid, man. I almost died. <laughs> that is so good. I, every time I've seen Iris sex, there's the guy that interviewed the police. <laughs> <laughs> Sid yeah, did not get a subtle column. No, no, it was a little. And uh, he, Sid's other great one was Ira went out to just write a sidebar on a Twins game in which they rallied and then they fell behind and then they rallied. And he compared it to Sisyphus pushing a rock up the hill, you know, and then coming back down. And Sid saw that. I wasn't in there that night, but Sid was in there that night. And who the hell does this guy play for? (laughs) (laughs) Sicy Fuss. Who the hell does Sicy Fuss play for? Wasn't real good on his Greek mythology. No, no. <laughs> amazing. No, he wasn't. That was the. Uh, or is, are you are you referencing the Kevin Slowey thing, or is this further back? When Kevin what? Kevin Slowey, this is like ten years ago. 
he referenced when it when it came down to him like rehabbing to get back like from some yeah. whatever. It's like Sisyphus pushing a rock up a hill. Okay. Yeah. And uh, everyone oh, kind of knew in that moment. All right, Kevin. Yeah. All right, buddy. You know what? How did we ever turn on a guy that we liked so well originally, like we did him? Yeah. I mean, I loved him as a kid, and at first time, you know, you thought he was going to be good, but he turned out to be the most sensitive, arrogant. I mean, when he came off, he was like a fun-loving kid. He could make fun of the fact he didn't throw hard and stuff like that. And, boy, the first time he had to take any heat, he just, uh, he just, you know, you became the enemy. He was just one of those thin-skinned guys that, that, you know, I think he was bright. But then he got into this, okay, I can't pitch, so I'm going to show everybody I'm smarter than they are. He, but, he was also, uh, he admitted, he. I'm assuming, there weren't that many athletes with burner Twitter accounts in 2010, but he admitted to me one time that he did have a Twitter burner account and he followed everyone's negative comments about him on oh, social media. Okay. So he's, he's oh, yeah, he was yeah, Kevin Durant was before right Kevin time. Durant was. He, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's a good, very good comparison. And it's really odd because I remember sitting down and interviewed him that first spring when he was going to make the rotation and, uh, and you know, his control was immaculate and, uh, of course, then when they, he was one of those guys, when they started hitting some of those pitches that they didn't hit in college, then he stopped throwing, then he started going three and two because he was afraid to keep throwing it over. So, yeah. and the only thing he had going for him was the ability to throw it over. So. Wolf but, Patrick, you, hey, you continue to be thing, fortunate. Phil, did you see our guy Phil Hughes retired? Yes. Yeah, I saw I that. Did, the strip at the story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you have to announce it. He made fun of it himself, but I don't know why he would bother to announce it because we all assumed it. Yeah, I think if if you step away for, you know, three or four years, I think we all assume that you're probably done playing. About a year. He was in 18, I think he pitched, right? Halfway through the year. Padres or something. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. He hadn't pitched for two years. Boy, what a going away gift he got from Terry. (laughs) Wasn't it bad? Man, they had him for what another? They had him for two, two more, more years, years at at seven million a year, and they decided let's let's tack on another two or three and double no, your salary. Man. He yeah. was good that first year, though, man. No matter what anybody says, you know, he was good. And then I don't know what happened. Another, you know, he just he lost that great command. He lost that cutter. And the other thing is, I don't know all the analytics guys tell you, Phil, that. When you throw that cutter too much, it costs you velocity eventually in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think it it it, it leads to Tommy John sometimes too because it's it's not quite like a slider, but it puts strain on your arm. And yeah. Mariano got away with it, but not too many. Yep, throwing a, Phil uh, got throwing it constantly like he did. Phil got big too. Yeah, oh, that, he did show up fat. That that fat, next uh, year he came back pretty big. Next year, yeah, I think him and our guy Perk got into the got into the smoked meat a couple times that off season, <laughs> and just a and couple of IPAs, whole, homemade couple, IPAs. Yeah, well, did you ever see Phil's house guy? House guy, Mm-mm. the guy who cooked for him. They used to talk had, about him. Yeah, like his guy. Yeah, he made me look like uh, <laughs> you know Declan. Yeah, yeah, Declan, right? <laughs> so you're saying he was not a personal chef of a good nature? Yeah, yeah, he was a 
Can you put a little more oil on that? That's you the know? genius play. When you get rich enough to get a personal chef, but I instead just, of them cooking you healthy meals, they just they just make you <laughs> whatever turkey, you want. Thanksgiving dinner every night, man. <laughs> just like yeah, more, yeah, more potatoes, please. Uh, homemade meat, homemade pizza because they don't put a much enough meat on it <laughs> at the pizza joint or something. He was a big fella, that guy. He was. A, and now he and now he's got a YouTube channel where he opens old packs of baseball cards. He's got like thirty thousand subscribers hey, on this YouTube. Baseball channel. cards now again are huge. New baseball cards now are getting top dollar. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it, the, the industry's blown up. I'm actually going to go and find some of my PSA-graded cards and sell them I all. I left mine in Fulton, Minnesota when I moved in 1962, and I have no idea why. I never drove back to get them. And uh, I had – I might have only had a 1,000. Still. But I had good ones, you know, because there, there used to be a, a good friend of mine, Dougie Eichton, down the street. But – he wasn't a real bright baseball guy. He was a collector, but he wasn't. So I'd trade him like eight Joe DeMastry and Arnold Perticarios for a Mickey Mantle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I and you left them all? Yeah, I don't know why. don't know why. My mom had just died. I think I was a little screwed up in the head or something. I, I don't know. I just, I, because we moved shortly after she died in uh, May of, uh, 62. And, uh, and I just left everything there, and I had five, six, I had a thousand of them in a pantry down there, and hmm. I never brought them with me. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, maybe we should we should do a deep dive because there's probably some like five hundred thousand dollar Mickey Mantle rookie card in there. Or yeah, something. probably the richest guy in Fulham bought our house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like what the hell's this? <laughs> All right, Pat, yeah. we got to run. We'll talk to you Friday. See you, Roycey. All right, gentlemen. Thank All right, you. that's wrapping with Roycey here, Mackie and Judd. Tomorrow, it's already Thursday tomorrow, Reckless Speculation Thursday and a scoop with our friend Doogie. An action movie rewind this week, a late 90s classic, 99 I think, right? Yeah, late 90s. Armageddon. That's right. Oh, I'm going to cry. Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.